Welcome to the Life Tree Community Church Podcast. These are recorded during our weekly services in Robbinsville, New Jersey. Our prayer is that these messages help you grow in your personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Good morning. How are you? Having our teenagers been amazing. Oh, come on. You guys can do it. Yeah, they've been great. Welcome you to, to Youth Sunday. One of my favorite quotes uh, by a pastor named Banning Leapshire. He said, if you do not have hope for the next generation, then you're just hanging out with the wrong young people. And uh, I believe that. We have some great young people that are here in this church. And I have a lot of hope uh, for where our nation will be because of this generation. Come on, can we clap for them one more time? This morning, we're going to continue our series called Full of the Spirit. Pastor Dan's been doing a great job talking to us about the Holy Spirit. And uh, we're going to, if you have your Bibles with you, we're going to turn to Acts 2 in just a few moments. And so I didn't, I'm not as good as Pastor Dan. I didn't get the page number for you, so I apologize. Uh, but it's right there. There's some Bibles in the pew for you. But I want to talk to you about the greatest gift, one of the greatest gifts that I've ever received in my life. I don't know about you, but there are some gifts when people give to give them to you, they kind of just linger with you for years. Anybody ever receive a gift that you're still thinking about that it meant so much to you? Okay, there's three of us. All right, so there's this is really going to relate to people. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Good start, Pastor Audrey. There, there are some gifts, and whether it's because someone has taken the time to uh, just they, they know who you are. Maybe it's their generosity. Maybe there's been a sacrifice that's involved for that gift. When someone gives you a gift that means something to you, it stays with you. And uh, just this year, Pastor Carrie surprised me for Valentine's Day, and she bought me tickets to go see one of my favorite musicians. It was awesome. It was in the small venue. We are right on the stage for two hours. We got to just hear somebody that I wanted to see for 20 years. It was a great gift. A couple years ago, Claire... Uh, for my birthday, she decided that she was going to play a Coldplay song for me on the piano. I love Coldplay. Okay, and it was it's awesome. I'm still thinking about those things. And uh, there are some gifts that just stay with you. I want to show you probably maybe one of my favorite gifts that I've ever received in my life. And there's a picture of it on the screen today. A little blurry. If you squint your eyes, you can make it out, I'm sure. But that is a very young Pastor Andre. Just like a couple years ago. <laughs> and, uh, I was about seven years old, and I'm sorry, this is so blurry. I just found this at my parents' house last week. Uh, but behind me, which is hard to see, is the Castle of Skull. And so I, if you're not familiar with that, I, I'm an 80s kid, and that goes with He-Man, Masters of the Universe, and that Christmas, and you can see kind of my guys, again, you gotta squint your eyes to be able to see it. You can see He-Man and Skeletor and Beast Man and all kinds of other things. This was the greatest, one of the greatest Christmases I ever had because of this castle. This is, to this day, this is considered one of the most holy grail of 1980s toys to possess. The Castle of Grayskull. 
I cannot believe, I don't know how my parents pulled this off. I just talked to them actually uh, before this morning, and my dad said, yeah, it wasn't cheap. <laughs> and so I said, okay. It was awesome. And one of the things that made it awesome was not only that none of my friends have this gift, and so suddenly I was popular in my neighborhood. Because I don't, you can see right on the right-hand side of the top, that thing closed up and there was a handle on it. And you were able to bring that gift wherever you went. And so for the next months and years, really, I would play with that thing and share it with my friends. And I was popular with my cousins and my friends. I had this thought today. You can leave that up for just a minute. I'm going to just admire this for a second. Um, when Carrie and I started dating, we had this conversation. I told her about this picture. And she said, I wasn't allowed to watch He-Man. I said, you weren't? I said, no, wh- why? Why weren't you allowed to watch He-Man? She said, Andre, they, they would say, like, by the power of Grayskull. It was a very controversial, controversial thing in the church. You weren't, you know, people were thinking like you weren't saying in the power of Jesus or in the name of Jesus. And I said, my parents didn't care. They took me to the live action movie featuring Drago, Dolph Lundgren. And we kind of just stared at each other and I don't think she's ever respected me the same since, but I love this gift. I love it because it not only was a gift that blessed me, but it was a gift that I was able to share with other people. Something about a gift, there's an, inter, there's an interaction that happens when you receive a gift. What makes a gift really good is not only the thoughtfulness of the person giving the gift, but the fact that you receive the gift. Does that make sense this morning? This gift does me no good if it just stayed under the tree wrapped that Christmas. I, you know, I can imagine if I just said, no, nah, mom, not nah, dad, I'm good. I'm just going to leave that there. I don't want your gift. After my mom would have punched me in the stomach... I probably, yeah, anyways. Uh, what makes, there's an interchange, there's an interaction that happens in a gift. It's not only that you're given a gift, but you receive the gift. Everyone say receive. We're talking about the Holy Spirit today. We've been talking about it for weeks. The Holy Spirit is a gift to us for our lives as Christians. Teenagers, I'm, I'm coming for you in just a few minutes. This is Youth Sunday. I have some things I want to say to you today. But part of the thing about the Holy Spirit is, it is available. He is available to us, but we still have to receive that gift. Acts chapter 2, we're kind of continuing part of the series and picking up right where we were the last time we saw the disciples in, in Acts. I want to read to you from verses 14 through 21. Before we do, I was just thinking today about me. In my own life. One of the things, even as a pastor, I'm standing here before you saying, there are times in my life when though I know that I have the promises and the gifts of God, I do not receive it for some reason. I let things get in the way. I don't know why. I wish I could stand and tell you I was somebody different. But even with the Holy Spirit, sometimes I go through my days and I'm not accessing that gift the way that I should. I let my own pride get in the way. Sometimes I think I just know better. I let my own discouragement get in the way. Keeps me away from the Holy Spirit. Sometimes it's my sin. Sometimes it's my own rebellion. Sometimes it's hurt from other people. 
But my encouragement to you today, my encouragement to you teenagers today, is that there is a gift, and our job is just to position our lives to receive it today. We have to receive it. Acts chapter 2, verses 14 through 21. Then Peter, will you guys say Peter with me? We're going to talk about Peter's life today. Then Peter stepped forward with the eleven other apostles and shouted to the crowd, Listen carefully, all of you, fellow Jews and residents of Jerusalem. Make no mistake about this. These people are not drunk, as some of you are assuming. Nine o'clock in the morning is much too early for that. So is 1041. Okay. <laughs> no, what you see was predicted long ago by the prophet Joel. And he begins to quote Joel. And this passage is found in Joel chapter 2. It says, in the last days. Will you guys say last days with me? Come on, last days. In the last days, God says, I will pour out. We say that with me. I will pour out. I will pour out my spirit upon all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions and your old men will dream dreams. In those days, I will pour out, say pour out with me. I'll pour out my spirit, even on my servants, men and women alike, and they will prophesy. And I will cause wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below. Blood and fire and clouds of smoke. The sun will become dark and the moon will turn blood red. Before that great and glorious day of the Lord arrives. But everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. There's so much good promises in these, in this passage today. And there's a couple words that kind of jump out to me. But I want to tell you what's going on in this passage. Um, when Peter stands up that day to, to say this, what has happened? We've, we've already heard this from Pastor Dan. Uh, Jesus said, hey, I have to go so the Holy Spirit can come. And he said, stay in Jerusalem and pray. Wait till this gift comes. We've heard this story. Some of you guys know this story already. And the Holy Spirit comes, 120 followers. And he comes in a very dramatic and powerful way. There's a rushing wind. There's tongues of fire. They're speaking in tongues and other languages. It's a, a very loud noise. It causes a commotion. And it, it's such a loud noise that the Bible says that people started running from all over to see what was going on. I kind of love that. There's something that happens when God's moving in your life that attracts people to you. There's something that happens in a church when God is doing something that attracts people to it. And this is what happens. And so when the people come to this, they're having all kinds of reactions. Some are amazed. Some are confused. Some, they, they say in the Bible says, what does this mean? And other people are saying, wow, they're partying. They're just drunk. Okay. It's kind of funny to me every time that they think that. I, when I read that, I think that's kind of funny. So Peter, when he gets up to explain this in Acts chapter 2, he's responding to this. And he's wanting to tell people, hey, this is what's going on. And when he stands up and he says, what you're seeing now is the fulfillment of a prophecy that you all know. He's speaking to an audience that knew Joel chapter 2. And he's saying what you're seeing now is the start of what Joel saw coming. See, Joel was a prophet. And when he prophesied this in Joel chapter 2, he was prophesying in a time that was really hard for Israel. And he began, God gave him a picture of a near distant future. And he said, one day, everyone is going to experience the presence of God. 
Because up to that point, it was just prophets, priests, and kings. And Peter's saying, right now, Jesus has gone. The time is now. Everyone can experience him. So there's a couple words that jump out at me here in, in this. Last days is one of the words. Phrase last days has been written about a lot. Are we in the last days? What does it mean? I'm sure a lot of people have opinions about this. People write books about this. I won't stand up and give you a date. And when I think Jesus will come back today, I promise. You guys could laugh at that a little bit. It's tough. Okay. What Joel was saying, what Peter was saying, when Jesus left and until he returns again, we're in the last days. I was talking with Pastor Dan about this and he said, hey, this phrase means a lot of things to us right now with what's going on in our world. Doesn't it jump out at us in a different way? There's a lot going on in our world. Hurricanes, earthquakes, protests, shootings. It feels kind of more than ever that we feel like we're in the last days. Doesn't it or does it just me today? Yeah, it feels like this. And here in the last days, God still had a plan to bring hope to this earth. And that plan involved our young people and our teenagers. He says this. Also, you know, it doesn't, these things that have happened kind of takes your breath away a little bit recently, doesn't it? I've had family that's been affected by what's going on in Puerto Rico. It takes your breath away. And it also has caused me to think about my own last days, how I'm living day to day. That's what this passage also means to me. The next phrase that is here is, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Will you say all with me today? I said it already up to this point in history. The Holy Spirit would show up, but he would only show up for select times to select people. And usually those were people like kings and prophets and priests. But at this point was the announcement that he was coming to everyone, men and women, young people, children. He's available, his presence for all of us. That is a powerful thing. That is an awesome promise for us. Four of those five categories listed here are for mentioned young people. So teenagers, I'm coming for you in just a few minutes, so pay attention. I'll be right there, okay? And on this Youth Sunday, I want to declare with confidence that part of God's plan on this earth in the last days involves our children, involves our teenagers. The word he uses there, he uses the word pour out. And when you look up that word in the Greek, you look it up in the Hebrew, what it, it does not mean a drop out of a cup. It means the whole thing is being emptied out. Everyone say that with me, poured out. He said he's going to pour out his spirit in these last days. The next thing that jumps out to me in these passages is visions, dreams, and prophecies. Holy Spirit's a gift to us. It is our castle gray skull on steroids. It's way better. And the promise in here is two things. Teenagers, I want to have your attention here. This is what I want to say to you today. And really to all of us today. The Holy Spirit's plan for our lives is that he wants to speak to us. He really does. Young people, he wants to give you visions and dreams for your life. Not that you just have to work and conjure those things up on your own. 
But he says, I will give you a vision and a dream for your life. I will give you that. I will pour that out on your life. You will see your life in a different way. And that's for all of us. His promise, the Holy Spirit's promise as a gift is that he's going to speak to us. And he also says that he's going to speak through us. He wants to speak to us and through us. He says, I will, I will cause your young men to prophesy. I don't know what you think a prophet is or what that looks like to you, but what it really is is that someone who proclaims the goodness of God to others and the way that they live. And this is God's plan for your life. Teenagers, I believe that there are people and friends in your life that need to hear about the goodness of God. And he wants to raise you up to speak for him in your schools and in your communities, in your church, in your neighborhoods, to be a prophet for him. Come on, do you agree, church, today? Aren't we we on board with this? This is for all of us today. He's our helper. He's our gift. He wants us to be an ambassador representing the kingdom of heaven. When we partner with him, we can change lives. It's just like me grabbing the handle of that Grayskull castle and carrying it over to my friends. It was like my friends had gotten the gift just like I did. I was sharing it with them today. By the way, if you want to purchase that castle, $500 online because I looked. Ridiculous. I should still have it. (laughs) Even though this gift of the Holy Spirit is being poured out, even though it's available, we still have to want it. We still have to receive it. It's there. Teenagers, it's available to you. And this is the thing that I was wrestling with over this passage. This is a promise of God that the Holy Spirit wants to speak to us and speak through us. And yet some of us, me, sometimes, I don't access this. I don't receive this in my life. How do I position myself? How do I always live a life that is receiving what the Holy Spirit wants for my life? So I began to think about this passage. I began to think about Peter, who was speaking this. And I think it matters who is telling us that God is doing this new thing on the earth. Peter's addressing the crowds that morning. He's probably my favorite person in the Bible, Peter. And the reason why he's my favorite person, because I relate to Peter a lot. Peter is, uh, one moment he's got the whole Jesus thing right, and the next moment he's trying to cut off the ears of soldiers. One moment, Jesus is telling Peter, I'm going to build my church around you. And then the very next breath, he's saying, Peter, you're like Satan. Get behind me. I relate to Peter. He's up and down. In fact, I don't know. I don't know if there's a certain age group that might be relatable to emotions being up and down that are in this room. I won't point to anybody in this room, but. I do have two teenage girls in my house. I need my own personal prayer team. (laughs) Could mark that on your connection card this morning. (laughs) Pray for Pastor Dre. Peter. I'm just kidding, girls. Sort of. (laughs) It's interesting to me about Peter. Some historians think that when Jesus encounters the disciples, including Peter, that they may actually be teenagers. Um, Just because of what we know about cultural context, they may be teenagers. I don't know if that is true or we don't know if that's totally true, but try reading the Gospels now with that lens. 
in that context that the guys that he's pouring into might be teenage boys. It'll change some of the stories for you a little bit. Like the one story where they're walking by and they say, hey, we should call down fire from heaven, Jesus, and burn up these people. It sounds like this sounds like teenage boys full of testosterone, doesn't it? They want to blow up stuff. And Jesus says, "What spirit are you guys from?" So I don't know. So there's there's an interesting thought today that when Peter stands up to prophesy about youth and young people in visions and dreams, that he may be a teenager himself or may just be in his early twenties, having lived his some of his teenage years with Jesus. That's an interesting thought to me today. And it makes who he is a little bit more valid in what he's saying to me. I love Peter. What's more interesting about Peter is that he's only 50 days removed from this story, from publicly denying Jesus. Which is a reminder to me. You know, what happens here, the rest of the story that we're not going to read today, is that what those remarks that I just read from you are the opening remarks of his sermon. And he goes on to preach and tell three, he begins to tell this huge group of people about who Jesus is. Fifty days away from denying Jesus. And the Bible says that 3,000 people come to know the Lord that day and are baptized and filled with the Holy Spirit. It is a reminder to me, teenagers, that the way that God works is that you don't need to be perfect. You don't have to live a perfect life. You only have to be willing to be used by him. Peter is that example for us. And not just for teenagers, for all of us in the room, where we are in life right now. We can mess up. Probably none of us have ever denied Jesus like that publicly. And yet here was Jesus using him on that day to bring people to him. It's pretty powerful today. How do we receive this gift? There's, Peter had an encounter with Jesus. Early on in his life, there's a backstory to Peter's life that I want to bring up today just to close this morning. And there's some insight in this encounter that I think will help show us, and specifically our teenagers, how to position ourselves to receive this gift called Holy Spirit, this gift that he wants to pour out in his life. I want to direct you to Luke chapter 5 this morning. If you want to turn there in your Bibles, you can. Again, I'm not as good as Pastor Dan. I didn't get you the page number, but it's there. Luke chapter 5, it'll be on the screen today. I want to read this to you. We're going to close just a few thoughts from this this morning. Verses 1 through 11. One day, as Jesus was preaching on the, sh- on the shore of the Sea of Galilee, great crowds pressed in on him to listen to the word of God. He noticed two empty boats. We guys say boat with me. Come on, we guys say boat with me. He noticed two empty boats at the water's edge, for the fishermen had left them and were washing their nets. Stepping into one of the boats, Jesus asked Simon, who is also known as Peter, its owner, to push it out into the water. So he sat in the boat and taught the crowds from there. When he finished speaking, he said to Simon, go out to where it is deeper. Will you guys say deeper with me? Go out to where it is deeper and let down your nets to catch some fish. Master, Simon replied, we worked hard all last night, didn't catch a thing, but if you say so, I'll let the nets down again. This time their nets were so full of fish, they began to tear. A shout for help 
brought their partners in the other boat, and soon both boats were filled with fish and on the verge of sinking. When Simon Peter realized what was happening, he fell to his knees before Jesus and said, Oh Lord, please leave me. I'm such a sinful man. For he was awestruck by the number of fish they had caught, as were the others with him. His partners, James and John, the son of Zebedee, were also amazed. Jesus replied to Simon, Don't be afraid. From now on, you'll be fishing for people. And as soon as they landed, they left everything and followed Jesus. I think there's some keys in this story, and this is what I want to close with tonight. We're going to pray for our teenagers here in just a moment. There's some keys here in this story about how do we receive this gift of the Holy Spirit. And the first one is this. Peter says, my boat is available. I think it's going to come up on the screen for you. My boat is available. That boat to Peter represented his life. It was his livelihood. And when Jesus said, hey, I want to use your boat, what he was really saying was, Peter, give me permission to be in your life. My boat is available. Teenagers, one of the greatest things that you can do if you want to receive all that the Holy Spirit has for you is just be available. Just say yes to him. In this story, Peter says yes to Jesus four different times. And you have to understand what's happening in that time. Peter's been fishing all day. He's tired. There's a crowd that's forming. They're super excited to see Jesus. But Peter's super tired. He's getting ready to to pack it in. Peter knows Jesus. He's had an acquaintance with him. Before The chapter before, Jesus actually comes to his house and heals his mom. So he knows a little bit about who Jesus is. So I don't know that if in this story, if the reason why he gives him his boat is just because he's a nice guy or feels like he owes Jesus one. But he says yes to him. That yes turned that boat into a stage. And that boat was more than just a boat, like I said, for Peter. It was his livelihood. It represented his life. And whenever you say yes to Jesus, you say, here's my life. You give him an opportunity to turn your life in a state to bring other people, bring him glory to other people. It's the handle on the castle of Grayskull. We get to share it with other people. If we want our lives to be used by God, all we have to do is say yes. Will you guys say yes with me today? That's all we have to do. We don't have to have it together. We don't have to have it right. All we have to say is, here's my boat. Step into it. You can have it, Jesus. We don't even have to have the right motivation. But if we say yes, he says, awesome, I choose you. It's the way it works. We just say, sure. He says, great, I choose you. I choose your boat. Jesus is really patient with us. He's never going to make us do something against our will. doesn't work like that, but he will pursue us. Teenagers, he'll keep knocking on the door of your heart. His love is not uh, selfish, but he does know that obedience is the best part of the journey for you and I. I can't tell you enough today, Rooted Youth. One of the best things you can do is say, I don't, I don't understand it all, but you can have my boat. You can have my life. Jesus, step into it today. It's a great prayer that you can pray and say, I'm available. That is the way that we receive the Holy Spirit. The next thing that Peter does in this story is he says, hey, your ways are better than my ways. And he basically says this by saying, if you say so, if you say so. Teenagers today, one of the greatest things that you can do for your life to receive all the Holy Spirit has to say to you is just obey him. 
if you say so. We say that with me today, church, if you say so. We know that this is for us too, don't we? How many times that we need to just, just say to Jesus, say to the Lord, say to the Holy Spirit, if you say so, I'll do it. It doesn't make sense, but I want to obey you today. Peter was a good fisherman. He had partners. He was successful. He was good at what he did. But Jesus asked him to go deeper and throw down the, met, the nets in the middle of the day. And it, go, it went against every bit of training that he had as a fisherman. But Peter just said yes. Doesn't make sense, but he trusted Jesus. It's funny. One of the things that the commentators say is that when he calls him master, that the language that he uses there, he's kind of saying it a little sarcastic to him. Almost like with, you know, if I don't know, one of my pet peeves is when someone calls me boss or chief. I don't know if anyone's ever called you that. You guys are probably going to call me that for the rest of my life now that I told you that. But he essentially was saying, okay, boss, okay, chief, I'll do what you say. Kind of sarcastically, kind of tired. I, I know better than you. You're a carpenter. I'm a fisherman. And, but because you say so, I'll do it. What happens, teenagers, what happens because he says, if you say so, is that he begins to get a revelation of who Jesus is. And by the end of this story, he's falling on his knees and saying, you're Lord. He's not sarcastic. He's saying, I know who you are. Obedience will reveal to us who God really is. Four amazing things happen there. He gets a miracle. He gets a revelation of Jesus. Jesus reveals Peter's true purpose, which is not to be a fisherman. It's to be a fisher of men. Teenagers, when you give your lives to God, when you say to him, I will obey, he will begin to reveal his purposes to you, what you were made for, what you're called to do. This is what he speaks. We just have to receive it today. That is our promise from the Holy Spirit. And all you have to say, okay, Jesus, if it doesn't make sense, I will still do it today if you say so. The other thing that he does is he, let, he lets go. Peter leaves everything behind at the most successful moment in his fishing career. He let go. His biggest catch. Because he sees Jesus as Lord everything. And here's the key today for all of us, for our teenagers. The way that we receive this gift of the Holy Spirit. Sometimes we can't receive a gift because we have too many things in our hands. And there are some things in our lives that we have to let go of. Adults, you've been there before. Sometimes you have to let go of a friendship or a relationship or a habit or an attitude. Teenagers today, there's some of you that you have some friends and you have some relationships you're not supposed to have in your life. It's actually keeping you from the fullness of what the Holy Spirit has for you. I believe some of you he's calling today to let go of some things. There's an old saying in the church. We say, let go and let God. And that's still true today for our teenagers. Let go and trust him and receive what he has for you. And the last phrase that stands out to me is deep waters. Deep waters. There's something so interesting about Peter's life. There's something interesting about Peter and water. 
he has this encounter with Jesus, and Jesus takes him from the shore, from the shallow waters, into the deeper waters. And Peter is never the same again. You guys know some of the other stories about Peter. He's never the same. There's something about him that changes in that moment. He changes from wanting to live shallow to living a deeper relationship with God. I believe it's the reason why when Jesus starts to walk in the water, it's Peter who's the one who goes out and walks on the water too. Something changed in him. And teenagers, one of the things that God wants to do in your life is he wants to take you from just a shallow relationship with God into something that is all the way, all in. I think Dustin said that. He prayed that today. Thanks, Dustin. Help me preach today. All in. This is who Peter was. And when he stands up on that day and he says, God is pouring out his spirit. He's saying it's all in. It's all of it today. This is what he wants. Our promise today, all of us in this room, is that God wants to speak to us and through us today. And there's a lesson to be learned from Peter to being available, to letting go, to saying, if you say so, to saying, I don't want to live on the shore anymore. I want to be all in on my faith and all in on the Holy Spirit. I want to go in deep waters with him. You guys remember this story? I don't know if you remember this or not, but when he denies Jesus, Jesus shows up, resurrected Jesus. They don't recognize him. He's making breakfast on the beach. How good is that breakfast? (laughs) Jesus makes you breakfast. And he says something to Peter from the shore. He says, hey, guys, have you tried the other side of the boat? You should cast your nets on that side. Anybody remember this story? And something about that phrase it wakes Peter up. You know what his response is? He jumps out of the boat into the water. Something about Peter wants to be in deep waters. Which is, remember when Jesus goes to wash the disciples' feet and Peter says, wash all of me. He's forever changed. He's forever changed. He didn't want to live just a simple, ankle-deep kind of relationship with God. You guys aren't called to do that either. You're called to live full of the Holy Spirit. You're called to be his representatives in your school. You're called to speak to him. You're called, I believe today that you're called to have visions and dreams. You're called to just not only for God to begin to talk to you, but to also begin to talk through you to those around you today. I want to pray for our teenagers this morning. As we close today. So teenagers, I'm going to ask you to do something very fun and awkward today. I'm going to ask you to come to the front here. If you're a teenager, if you're in 6th grade to 12th grade in here today, I'm going to ask you to stand and face me. Church, we're going to pray for our teenagers on Youth Sunday today. You guys can fill fill this all the way down. There's a lot of you, which is an awesome thing. Come on, you guys can fill this in over here. I like symmetry. (laughs) All right. My testimony, my story, I've told some of it to some of you. My story is that I was a kid who grew up in church, who was sarcastic about church, 
who was making really stupid choices. And one day, God showed up in my boat. Changed me forever. My whole life since that moment has been different. He began to talk to me through his word. He began to talk to me through other people. And suddenly he began to use me, which I couldn't believe. The fact that I'm standing before you guys this, this morning is unbelievable to me still. He called a kid from the south side of Youngstown who cared about He-Man to speak for him. And you don't have to be a pastor to do that, but I'm just telling you, my teenage life was different. I started beginning to tell my friends about his goodness, inviting them to church. I had a friend who called me this week that 20 years ago, more than 20 years ago, we were in Spanish class together. And I started to tell him about Jesus because I felt like I was supposed to. He became a pastor. He's married. He has kids. It's pretty amazing. And all I did was say, okay, God, you can use my life. You can step into my boat today. So I want to pray for you today. I'm going to ask that you guys, we're talking about the gift of the Holy Spirit today. I'm going to ask that you guys, if you're okay with this, to just put your hands out like this, like you're receiving a gift today. And I want to bless you today. Church, we're going to pray for them. I would love for you to be vocal and join me. Extend your hands towards them. We're going to bless these teenagers. I believe that God is ready to do something new in their life. He's getting ready to speak visions and dreams and use them in mighty ways. And so you agree with me in prayer today. Come on, I want you guys to get vocal and get loud as we pray for them today. So Jesus, we come today. And I thank you for our youth. Thank you for their involvement in this service today. I thank you for who they are. Lord, I thank you that you have a plan for them. That from the beginning of time, in these last days, you were, they were on your heart. So Lord, we bless them today. We bless them to hear your voice. We bless them, Lord, to have visions and dreams that are from you today. We bless them, Lord, to be used mightily in their schools, to influence culture. Make a change, Lord, to bring your kingdom to this earth today. I pray, Lord, that you would, in the nighttime, as they sleep, that you would give them dreams. I pray that you would give them a hunger for your word. pray that you would give them a hunger for evangelism. Come on, church, you guys help me pray today. We bless them today to be those that walk this earth. Representing you, being a light in dark places. I pray, Lord that they would just say yes to you. That they would, with grace and ease, be able to give them, give you their boats. I pray for the things that they need to let go of today. I pray that that relationships and habits and sins, that you would break those things off of them. We declare that our young people are free in you today. We break every chain off of them today. Break every chain that's on this that's been put on them by culture and hurt and pain and declare that they are free to love you and worship you today. We prophesy over them. Declare that you're going to move powerfully. We pray that they will carry miracles and signs and wonders wherever they go. In Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We hope you were encouraged by this message. For more information about Life Tree, please check us out online at lifetreecc.com.